Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. This is the first Mission Inspire podcast of 2022, so we're kicking off season number two. And this is a big year for the museum. That's because groundbreaking for the museum is just around the corner in Arlington, Texas, when we will launch the next important phase of this historic project. And with groundbreaking, it's a great time to start talking about what we can expect from the museum, not just from its stunning exterior, but from the types of exhibits and artifacts that will be included in its collection. Such exciting stuff, which is why I'm thrilled to welcome the man in charge of overseeing that collection, from sourcing artifacts to working with families of Medal of Honor recipients who donate cherished family heirlooms, to using those artifacts to create the narrative that tells the unforgettable story of our nation's greatest heroes. That's a big job, and that's why it's my distinct honor to welcome Greg Waters, curator of the National Medal of Honor Museum, to the Mission Inspire podcast. So welcome, Greg, and thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. That is a, that's a big responsibility. How does it feel to be the man in charge? Uh, it's <laughs> Great and also intimidating, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, it's a big job, but we got the team in place to get it done, so we're excited. Um, we we are well on our way to creating something really special. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to share with our listeners too um, all the things you haven't planned. But let's go back to the basics for folks who may not know much about the role of a museum curator. What is a curator, and why is the role so important to the creation of any museum? For sure. So really, in the world of history museums, there are really two kinds of curators, but in reality, they often overlap. So you have a curator of collections, and that person is in charge of growing the museum's collections, finding additional artifacts that will help that, whatever that museum's focus is, help that museum tell its story. Um, they also oversee the collections and take care of the collections. A lot of people think about like going out and getting the thing. It's really exciting, which it is, but then you have to take care of it for decades, if not longer. Um, that's a big part of it. Uh, the other side of that is a curator of exhibitions. That is a person that takes those artifacts and uses them to tell stories within the museum environment. Um, the reality is that most curators in the history world, at least, overlap greatly. Those two things, it's a big, uh, uh, the responsibilities are all blurred. So, for example, with my job, my job right now, the main focus is creating this collection. Um, but I'm also working with the museum design team, our exhibitions team, on how we can properly take those artifacts and, again, tell those stories effectively in the museum space. That, that's fascinating. And I love that you talk about stories because I think that is so important is it's not just it's not just a piece of artifact. You know, it's not just that there's something behind it and there's also something behind it in in what it represented to the person that it belonged to. And it's also, there's a story also in how it got into your hands and into the museum's hands. So, and I know you had some work with New, in New Jersey with the um, Vietnam Medal of Honor recipients, but for you, what made you say, yes, this job is for me when you heard about the opportunity for the National Medal of Honor Museum? Yeah, that was actually a weird, weird uh, serendipitous quirk of just how it all worked out. I was at the- Wow, you, wait, hang on, hang on. You just said a bunch of really cool words. Weird, serendipitous, and quirk. I love that. So, okay, yeah. sorry, I just want to- <laughs> I love that. Just the the timing of how it all worked out. I was at the New Jersey Vietnam Era Museum for a few years, being the curator and later the director of the museum there. Um, while there, I knew from the very beginning that I wanted to do a Medal of Honor exhibit. I wanted to talk about the New Jersey Vietnam veterans that were awarded the Medal of Honor. 
Um, there were eight of them total, um, and I wanted to tell their stories. But I also knew that I wanted to do it right, and I wanted to take the time to do the research and really tell those stories effectively. So the plan was to push that well off down the road. Um, that was one of the big dreams in, in the far off distance that we could get to eventually. However, because another exhibit idea of mine had uh, partnership long story short, had fallen through, uh, it had to get sped up. So we had to do the New Jersey version of the Medal of Honor exhibit quicker than I anticipated. Um, the result of that was that exhibit was very successful. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was very powerful. I was really excited the way, the way that it turned out. But then right after it closed, right about then was when this job got announced. So I was just coming off this Medal of Honor exhibit, which I'd done months of research had become really familiar with the history of the medal and very obviously the, the New Jersey recipients that received the medal with their stories. Um, so that just flowed perfectly into this new position. But in a larger sense, this is a national level museum. Um, it's an incredible opportunity. Opportunities like this don't come up very often in the museum world. The uh, ability to create a museum basically from nothing, create a collection basically from nothing, and not only have the not only that, but to have the the resources and the ability to go out and really do effective work, um, it's incredibly special. Um, so when it came, it became a, a, a possibility. I jumped on it very quickly. It was incredibly sad to leave New Jersey. I loved that job. I loved working with the veterans that I was working with there every day in that museum. Um, but this is really a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you're the perfect person for that too, you know, and, and to be able to tell their stories and to bring their stories from the state level to the national level, I think is that, that you, like you said, that is a good serendipitous um, turn of events. But, yeah. and, and you mentioned this too, um, that you're, you're, you're building this significant collection of artifacts and things from, from the ground up. And so I know that must be, and you've mentioned this too, a, a great opportunity, but it's also a come, was it that comes a lot of responsibility. And so it must be humbling as, as well. Um, and again, you talked about the individuals who are going to be highlighted and the importance of, of what they did and what their journey was um, to them and to, to their families to carry on their legacy and to our nation and from Americans who may not know that much or um, very little about the, the Medal of Honor and all their stories. So I know you are amazed and I know you're up for that challenge. I'd like to know, and we, our listeners want to know, what is your vision for the museum's collection? Like, how are you going to bring that, you know, pulling in parts from the New Jersey experience that you had, but how are you going to bring that vision to life? Well, going back to your, your earlier question about what a curator is, really at the ground floor of everything, a curator is a storyteller. And I like to think of myself that way. Um, these are all extremely personal stories um, to these individuals and their families, and we have to find the way to properly tell them. Um, so the best way to do that um, for, in my opinion, at least I'm an artifacts guy. I love artifacts. It's my thing, uh, to go find the artifacts, to tell these stories. Um, so to do so, it's very much a, a, I, I guess the overall mantra in our work for me, at least is quality over quantity. Um, I've been part of earlier museums in my career that have been overwhelmed with their collections. They have rooms and rooms and rooms full of things that they really don't know what to do with. Um, people don't realize also that they, it, it costs a lot of money to take care of this stuff. Um, it's not, you just put it in a, you have to take care of it, environmental controls. Um, right. a lot, a lot of things that people don't think about long-term what it costs to store museum collections. Uh, so my idea from the beginning has always been quality over quantity to really have an incredible resource of 
artifacts that are direct, directly related to the Medal of Honor recipients and their stories. Um, we, there is a movement in the museum world to really de-emphasize uh, the, the importance of artifacts, um, more technology, uh, more digital uh -huh. interaction. Um, and in my mind, you can have both. And that is the goal for the museum team. How do you wed the, the old school way of just glass cases with beautiful artifacts with digital technology will help our visitors, especially younger visitors, uh, interact and connect with these stories. So for sure, quality over quantity. Um, we aren't collecting everything. We're being a little bit picky because we can be. And also you have to realize too that we have just over 3,500 Medal of Honor recipients. That's our story. So if you compare our museum, for example, to the World War II Museum, the World War II Museum has millions of stories to tell. Um, right. We really only have 3,500, which in reality is within our museum space. Um, that's another part of the job that is really interesting, has been trying to figure out which stories to tell. Um, so we have 3,500 stories to tell, but really we can't tell 3,500 stories in detail in our museum. That's too many. So we had to narrow it down to a, to a, a finite number, 40, maybe 50 stories that we can tell um, to go into to depth on those stories. And then to, to the, the stories that best exemplify what the Medal of Honor is all about. Right. Um, that's a big uh, source of contention in our office. We fight about it a little bit of who should be included and who shouldn't be and why. Sure. Um, the truth is we have, we have, we do not lack incredible stories. We have plenty of those to tell. So in order to tell those stories in my part is to go find the artifacts that are really closely connected to the individuals. Um, so again, quality over quantity. Um, we want people to be really impressed with what's on display. And I'm a big fan of not cluttering up the museum space with too much too much right. stuff right Does that makes sense that's a, yeah actually well you don't want to be in there and just be overwhelmed but that's a really good point about it's not just how much stuff you have it's the quality of that stuff that you do have i, I don't mean to call it stuff but the artifacts that you have um yeah so that's a really good point I hadn't thought about all those things and i certainly hadn't thought about the um you know we have this move towards all this technology and all these cool whiz bang things and that makes us lose sight of the actual object that we should be revering and all the where all the stories and the things that were actually touched and in, in, in monumental and instrumental in that person's uh journey so um but you also talked about you know reaching out to the medal of honor recipients or their families so what role do the living medal of honor recipients as well as the families of the recipients we've lost what role do they play in the development of your collection as you tell these different stories and search for quality over quantity? Well, for sure, the recipients and their families are our greatest resource, really, when it comes to these medals and it comes to these stories, how to tell them. It's important to um, incorporate their, their understandings of what happened whenever possible. Um, and do so in a way that obviously is truthful to the history of what we're, what we're telling. Um, the other thing is that you're aware it is illegal to buy or sell the Medal of Honor. Uh, right. federal, a federal offense, they take that very seriously, as they should. Um, yeah. So what that means is that our museum, we can't go out, for example, go to an auction and pick up a Medal of Honor to put on display. The only way that we can connect the only way that we can have medals of honor in our collection or on display is to connect directly to the families or, or the the recipients themselves. Um, yeah, there's no other way to go about doing it. So a lot of my job is actually detective work, trying to track down families. The more recent ones are certainly easy, easier, I should say, uh, right. from the global war on terror or even Vietnam. 
Uh, but going back to World War II, World War I, the Civil War, if there's a specific story we want to tell of a Civil War recipient, I have to go out and find their, their family. Um, I spent way too much time the other day trying to f- track down a John Smith from the Civil War and his family, <laughs> if you can imagine. Uh, haven't been successful yet, but I'm still working on that. Oh, um, so it's a lot of detective work, actually, which is interesting, trying to track down these families. And then the next step is you finally find the family and then you contact them. And then my fun job is to go to them and say, hi, I'm a complete stranger. I would like to borrow your, your, your priceless family artifact um, right. to prove to them. And then we try to prove to them, obviously, that we're a worthwhile and trustworthy home for these, for these artifacts. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun process. And it's all obviously been great. Once they figure out who we are and where we're calling from, they understand um, what we're doing. Um, and it's really interesting, too, in that it's not just their priceless family artifacts. It's really their family legacies that they're trusting us with. It's an incredible responsibility that we obviously take very, very seriously. Um, so that being said, with the recipients and their families, going back to your original question, uh, they are a priceless resource of information. Um, really great ideas on how to tell these stories, what parts of the story are most important to be told. And also on a larger sense, a lot of the families and a lot of the recipients know each other. So they're really helpful to, I'm trying to track oh, somebody right. down. They can say, oh yeah, I know that guy. Let me I know John for you. Sure, yeah. right. <laughs> And then they can vouch for us hopefully. And then it works out really well that way. Yeah. So. Well, that's a, that's a great point is that you have to be a trustworthy and you have a trustworthy face. So I would trust you, but um, the, the fact that, that they are entrusting, you know, that legacy and um, wanting to share their story and also, you know, trusting you. And like you said, a complete stranger until you get, you kind of get vetted, but uh, yeah. So, okay. Part interior designer, part detective, um, mm-hmm. part uh, suck down the rabbit hole of all things, internet and ancestry.com. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so are there any pieces that you're especially excited about, like ones that you've, um, you know, of course, you've, you've got a whole list of stories about how you got to the, the memorabilia, but are there any specific mm-hmm. pieces that you're excited about uh, showcasing in the museum? Um, yeah, there's some really interesting. So obviously the medals themselves are the crown mm-hmm. jewels of our collection. Um, they're the thing that I get most excited about. Um, yeah. they, they're incredibly rare, especially when you find one that you've been looking for for a while. You don't know where it is. You eventually find it. Um, and then if at all possible, if you can get it on loan to the museum or as a permanent gift, which is incredible, um, um, that has happened. One of the ones I'm really, was really excited about John McCloy is a medal of honor recipient from, uh, the Boxer rebellion and the the incursion in Veracruz. Um, so he's a double recipient. Um, (laughs) he's one of only 19 individuals to receive the medal of honor twice. Um, in his day, he was a pretty big celebrity. Um, he was pretty well known in Navy circles and he was a, a double medal of honor recipient and a lifelong Navy guy. Um, but in the decades that have passed since his story has kind of faded and that not a lot of people know his story anymore. If you asked anybody on the street who John McCloy was, I doubt anybody could tell you who he was, right. but to be able to find the family. And then to talk to them and just to interact with them and see the excitement that they had in realizing that the story was going to be told in our museum. And then them being gracious enough to share the medals with us, along with a lot of other artifacts that will help us tell the story. And then the a lot of this is done through Zoom or through phone calls. But then sure. the best part, obviously, is traveling out to go meet them in person 
And it's just an incredible next level of, of interaction, obviously. And what's incredible too, is that these people don't go away. We, uh, uh, they become friends. Um, as my colleague, Rob Shank often says, it is a family of families. Um, these, these, these people, we have these friendships going forward. I talked to the, to the family of John McCoy a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's important yeah. um, that we maintain those relationships. And, it, and that's something that comes naturally, I think, because of the work that we're doing. So well, that's, that's awesome. And like you said, I mean, yeah, we can only do so much through zoom, but at some point when you actually get to meet with their families, that, that what a powerful experience that has to be and emotional. Um, but so are there, are there any specific family interactions that, that, that are really memorable and resonated with you? Like that, that finally to get to meet them and start that family of families and that network and that relationship. So the McCloys for sure was great. Um, Bruce McCandless and his family. Uh, Bruce McCandless was a World War II recipient. Um, Bruce McCandless, just the McCandless story is kind of intimidating only because Bruce McCandless, the first was a Medal of Honor recipient uh, during the battle, Naval Battle of Guadalcanal. Um, basically, he's on the bridge of the ship with everyone else. Um, he was a junior grade lieutenant. On the, the, the ship, when it, the, the bridge takes a direct hit, everybody that outranks him on the ship is killed or wounded. And suddenly he's in charge of the ship during this battle. Um, he takes control of the ship. He does incredible work in uh, saving the crew and the ship. And uh, for that, he receives the Medal of Honor. And the crazy thing about the, the McCandless family, and this is very well documented, is his son, Bruce McCandless II, uh, eventually becomes a NASA astronaut. He's the first untethered spacewalker in NASA's history. Um, so you have a Medal of Honor recipient. There's actually another Medal of Honor recipient in the family. And then on top of that, you have uh, this NASA hero. Um, and so we went down to Austin to meet Bruce McCandless III and his wife, Patty. Um, we, they invited us to their house um, and they, they had all these artifacts set up on the table. And so it was a little intimidating going in there only because it's Medal of Honor and astronaut blood. Um, yep. And you walk in and they were the sweetest, kindest people you'd ever meet and just really wonderful to interact with and to learn about, again, a source of information about uh, his father's story and his grandfather's story. Um, just just really a, an example of what we get to do all the time. Um, That's and, awesome. Yeah, and as our, our collections continue to grow, we get to have these interactions on an ongoing basis, which is really, really special. All right, well, if you need any assistance, I'm available, I'd like to. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Then you meet these people that like got this genetic lottery, like, oh, yeah, we've got two Medal of Honors and a NASA. I'm like, well, that explains my deficit here. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so but beyond family donations and mm -hmm. obviously you can't go to auctions, how else are you sourcing um, the artifacts for your collection that you're looking for? The truth is, I'll admit this, we're a little late to the game when it comes to collecting in the realm of the Medal of Honor. Um, we... Building the museum now is amazing. Often you'll talk to people and I'm like, oh, I thought that museum already existed or it should have already existed. And the truth is right. it probably should have many decades ago. Uh, but the truth is that many other museums and individuals and organizations have had an interest in the Medal of Honor's history for decades, if not longer. And they've been collecting things surrounding it. What that means is that we are going to rely on uh, their their graciousness, these other organizations, to rely on loans. I do foresee a lot of loans of really incredible materials from other organizations. And that's already been in the works. Um, 
And in the, the flip side of that is we are really looking, I'm really looking forward to, and eventually not now, but eventually creating a really healthy outgoing loan program as well for our own artifacts as a curator in my job, nothing makes me, makes me uh, sadder than walking into a dark room and seeing artifacts that people don't get to see. So the more of those stories we can get out into the world and the more of those artifacts we can get out to other museums and other places that can tell properly tell those stories is uh, something I'm really looking forward to. So we do foresee a lot of loans and a lot of work with other organizations in the field um, that have these Medal of Honor treasure, treasures that we can uh, put on display. Well, it's awesome. I think there's a good uh, symbiosis that can happen um, with with the other people who have these collections started. Um, and so to anybody listening, if you know of anybody or you have some artifacts in your possession, um, this is a good opportunity to um, find a place where that it can be well taken care of within trustworthy hands. Um, and so that story and that journey can be um, further so more people can learn about it. So what would you say to families who might be considering giving a family heirloom to the museum for inclusion in its permanent collection, or maybe somebody who knows of somebody, we talk about networking and detective work. I mean, I think everybody six degrees of Kevin Bacon or two degrees of uh, Medal of Honor Museum uh, artifact, but why choose the National Medal of Honor Museum for that kind of amazing gift? Why choose the National Medal, what, uh, National I, Medal of Honor Museum, sorry. I, I really do wish that people could come and visit our offices and see the passion and the respect and uh, the the appreciation that our staff specifically has for what we're doing. Um, it's a really unique place to work. Um, and it's really just wonderful to see how much people care about making this museum and not only making this museum, but doing it the right way. Um, that's really important to us that we do it the right way, that we properly honor these stories and we tell them in the right way. Um, so as far as potential artifacts, people considering us as a permanent home, that's the number one selling point. Um, there are no uh, outside motives in doing this. Um, it's gonna be a beautiful museum. It's a national level museum. Our impact and the amount of people that we can reach with these stories is, is uh, really, there's no comparison. Um, so that's the reason. And these artifacts will be safe for decades, if not centuries to come. Uh, they will be properly cared for and these stories will be properly told. Um, so give me a call. Yeah, all right. I love that. I love that. Well, so you, you talked about the museum and we are doing groundbreaking in a couple months. Uh, so March of 2022, we should be doing the groundbreaking. But when the museum doors open in a couple of years and people walk through the exhibits with all the collections that you've curated from all the families and different people who have loaned them or entrusted trusted you with them for the first time, how do you want them to feel? We always talk, I'm also a storyteller, so I love that you identify as a storyteller. And one of the things when we tell a story is, how do we want people to feel? What do you want them to take away from that experience of walking through this beautifully curated um, exhibit that you, you've put together? We have a really interesting challenge ahead of us in that these Medal of Honor recipients often can feel like they've come down from on high to bless the normal people that we are uh, with, their, with their incredible actions. Right. But simultaneously, we want our visitors to feel connected to them. And we want them to realize that these are just everyday normal people that mm -hmm. did incredibly extraordinary things. Um, and we want them to be inspired by their stories and realize that they too can do incredibly important things in their own lives. It doesn't involve the amount of sacrifice that the Medal of Honor recipients uh, undertook to receive the Medal of Honor, um, but that 
every in their everyday lives, they can be better citizens, better family members, better humans. Uh, that's important. Um, when people come into the museum, I really want people to realize that uh, I would just a, a deeper connection to our shared history is really important to understand why these people did what they did and how my life is directly connected to them. From a very personal level, I did not serve in the military, um, but this is in some small way, telling the stories of these individuals is a way to, to push this forward um, with the understanding that our country is not perfect, but it's a pretty special place and yeah. that we can all work together to make it even better. Uh, that is my overarching goal with uh, the museum when people come in to really, be odd, but at the same time be inspired. Um, and that's a, a big mission and it's one we're really excited about, so. I love that. And just to clarify, you meant A-W-E-D, right? Not O-D-D, be odd. Just... Yes, be odd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one odder than me, you know that. <laughs> I love that. I And I love that you talk about connection because um, yeah, I think a lot of people can think uh, that these are these, these John Wayne heroes or Channing Tatum or whoever the guy is, you know, the, the, you know, APAC abs, he just want to punch <laughs> stuff like that. But, but these are normal people who are in unusual circumstances who rose to that. And like you said, to be connected with that and to realize that we all have the opportunity to be a better version of ourselves in any given moment. So I love that that's a, a, a bigger goal and um, of the museum. So, wow, this is awesome, Greg. I thank you so much for your time with us today. And um, I was excited about the museum for everything it represents, but now knowing about all the stories and, and seeing yourself as a storyteller and knowing that you had some personal connection with each of these families or each of these people who have who have gifted this and, and entrusted you. Uh, so I love that you're a connector. I love that you're a storyteller. I love that you're an interior designer. And I love how you take this mission um, and your vision for the collection. I, I'm a, I'm going to be beating down people to be first in line when the doors open. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm in a shameless plug. I'm going to be in the, in the front line there. So watch out. <laughs> so for anybody who wants to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, you can head over to mohmuseum.org to get the latest updates and also find out how you can help its mission to inspire America. And again, for anybody listening who knows of anybody with artifacts or if you have artifacts from the Medal of Honor, please contact Greg, please contact the museum. Um, he's looking to meet you. He's looking to, to, um, to help restore those legacies and make sure the story gets told. But uh, that's all for us today. Unless Greg, you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom? Nope, thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing all of the people listening at our museum in a few years. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, please join us next time and welcome to season two of the Mission Inspire podcast. <laughs>